Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us hear the word of God as we find it written in the book of the Acts of the Apostles, reading there in the ninth chapter, beginning at the 36th verse. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died, whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And forasmuch as Lydda was nigh to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went to them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber. And all the widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed. And turning him to the body said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And it came to pass that he tarried many days in Joppa with one Simon a tanner. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Good morning, dear friends in Christ Jesus. It is a good morning, and I hope that all of us are happy to be in church today, and it is good, as I have said, to be back. Today, as you know, is the tenth Sunday after Trinity, and the text that I just read tells the story of a woman by the name of Tabitha, or Dorcas. You may wonder about that. She was a Jewish woman, and her Jewish name, or Aramaic name, was Tabitha, and that name translated into the Greek language was Dorcas. Both Tabitha and Dorcas mean the same thing, a female gazelle or a female deer. She lived in the city of Jaffa, located about 35 miles northwest of the city of Jerusalem. We are told very little about her personally, Tabitha or Dorcas. We know very little about her. Perhaps she was a widow. We don't know. She was an ordinary member of the Christian congregation in Joppa. That we do know. We are told this about her, that she did many good deeds, and she, again, she helped the poor. She was an ordinary member of the congregation, and she didn't do any breathtaking deeds, any earth-shattering deeds of mercy and kindness. She was a regular member of the congregation, and she did some regular deeds of mercy and kindness and love. This was this woman, not very important to be sure, a regular common member of the Christian congregation doing ordinary deeds of mercy and love and kindness. And now we are told that this Tabitha, or Dorcas, she became ill and she died. And then they prepared her body, they washed it, and they put it on a bed in the upper room. And they had heard that the Apostle Peter was near, that he was down at Lydda, which was about nine miles southeast of Joppa. And they sent two messengers and said, Come on to Joppa, a Dorcas is dead. And so we are told that the Apostle Peter went, and he came into the upper room, and there standing by the bed where lay the remains of Dorcas, 
Here were the widows who were standing there holding up the dresses and the coats that Dorcas had made for them. Here we get an idea as to what she had done in her ordinary deeds. She had one ability. She knew how to handle the needle. And she was a seamstress. She was a dressmaker. They were crying there. Their hearts were broken because Tabitha was dead. This ordinary woman doing ordinary deeds of mercy and kindness. The Apostle Peter asked them to leave the room, and when they did, he got down on his knees, and he wondered what was God's will in this situation with this ordinary woman doing ordinary deeds of mercy. And it isn't very long before they found out, and we know what happened. He got up and he walked over to that bed, and he said, Tabitha, rise. God, through Peter, raised this woman from the dead. She opened her eyes. She saw Peter. She sat up on the bed. Peter gave her the hand and brought her from the bed and called in the saints and the widows. And he said, here she is alive. You and I may say this morning, what's this thing all about, preacher? Here was an ordinary member of a Christian congregation in Joppa doing ordinary, nothing unusual, ordinary, trivial acts of mercy and kindness. And God honored her, this woman, in a marvelous way by raising her from the dead. Oh, the meaning is rather obvious, isn't it, friends, this morning? What is God saying to you and me? Isn't God saying this, that little things mean a great deal to him? That little deeds and acts of mercy and kindness on your part and mine, that they thrill God's soul, that again they make God happy, they cause God to rejoice. The little deeds, regardless of how insignificant they are, regardless of how small, regardless of how trivial, regardless of how you and I may say, well, they're hardly worth doing, God, in raising this ordinary woman who had done just ordinary deeds of mercy, God says to you and me this morning, listen, little things mean a great deal to me. Little things cause me to be elated. Little things bring me joy. And you and I may say when Peter says to you and me this morning, write it on your hearts and every day of your life. Remember, Tabitha, arise. Remember that little things mean a lot to God. And sometimes we may doubt that and we may say to ourselves, oh, I know big things mean a lot. Oh, if I could do something that is breathtaking, if I could do something for God in an act of mercy, that would be earth-shattering. That I know would please Him and God would be so elated. But these little things, bear in mind the Tabitha Dorcas, she was just a regular run-of-the-mind member of the congregation of Joppa. And what she did was nothing outstanding, nothing pretentious. She, again, she did little deeds of mercy. She could sow little deeds of kindness for her fellow man. And God would have you and me know this then, that these things please God, because Peter would remind us that in these little acts of mercy, these little kindnesses, that you and I tell God some very pleasant things about ourselves. We tell him some happy things. Some things that God loves to know. Have you ever realized what we tell God when we as Christians in our lives, we do some of the little things, the little inconsequential sort of trivial things so insignificant that hardly anybody notices, but have we ever realized what we tell God, what pleasant, fine things we tell God when we as Christians do these things? Peter would remind you and me in the first place that, again, when you and I do little deeds of kindness and mercy in our Christian lives, we are telling God 
that our faith in Jesus Christ is a living faith. It isn't a dead faith. Oh, there are some fine things that the little deeds in your life and mine tell God. We may wonder about uh, Dorcas, about Tabitha. How did she become a Christian? Who brought the gospel over to Joppa? Well, we aren't sure, but if you read your Bible, remember that in the congregation at Jerusalem, they established the diaconate, and they had seven deacons, and one of them was Stephen. We talked about that on our last Sunday here. And then there was another one. His name was Philip. There was an apostle Philip, but this was one who was not of the twelve. We call him the evangelist. We are told that he went into this region in Samaria and brought the good news. Evidently, then, it could have been Philip, the evangelist, who went into these places and told about Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, who came into the world, God's Son, and died on the cross, and arose again, bringing life and salvation. And probably he was the one who, in the city of Joppa, had gone into the synagogues, and here was a Christian congregation. And Dorcas, again, because she had come to faith in Jesus Christ, Hers was a living faith. It wasn't a dead faith. It was more than assenting to something that she believed. Her faith showed itself in her life. She had one talent, and that was a needle. And again, the ordinary deeds of mercy. And that was telling God, even though they were small and so inconsequential, telling God that here was a living faith, and a living faith is a saving faith. When in your life and mine, we and I say to ourselves, Little things mean a lot to God. The little inconsequential, unnoticed things that we do in mercy and kindness, they tell God that your faith and mine is living, that we are forgiven, that we are delivered from eternal death, that you and I have everlasting life. That's why God wants you and me to know when he raised an ordinary woman doing ordinary deeds of kindness, when in the New Testament here we have a, a brightness, God didn't raise somebody from the dead because of some magnificent, super colossal deeds. It was Dorcas. It was Tabitha. You and I ought to begin every day and say, little things mean a lot to God. Why, they tell God that you and I have a, a living faith, a saving faith. They also tell God that you and I appreciate our salvation that we have in Christ. Do you know of any better way than to tell God, thank you for Jesus Christ, thank you for washing my soul whiter than snow, thank you for delivering me from eternal death, thank you, God, for giving me eternal life. Do you know of any better way than in deeds? And God says, and I want you to know that the little deeds, the small mercies and kindnesses, they tell me that you appreciate what I have done. And that's what makes God happy. And all we ought to say to ourselves, little things mean a lot. Not just the big things that you and I do, the little things. When you and I are just a regular member of a congregation, oh, they also tell God this very pleasant thing about us, that we are pleased that God has given us one talent, and we aren't angry with God, and we aren't jealous of anybody else. A doctor's had one talent as far as we know. We don't know who she was, just a member of the church. She may have been a widow, but she could sow. And this was the one talent, but uh, she didn't say to God, God, how does it come that you only gave me one talent? All I can do is handle a needle. She was happy and contented, and she knew she could do something. And so while the deeds were just ordinary and run of the mind, these deeds of mercy and kindness, she wasn't jealous of those in that Joppa congregation who may have been more highly endowed than she. And when in your life and mine, you and I do the little things, the small, inconsequential, trivial things. Let us say are saying to God, God, it's all right that you've only given me one talent. 
I'm not jealous of those that can do the super colossal things, of those things that are earth shattering in your kingdom. I'm very happy with the lot that you have given me. And it means that we thank God also and that it, we tell God this, that we are satisfied with our lot in life. Darkus may have said to herself, I'm a Christian. What, again, is God's will for my life? And she could answer, well, there's one thing I can do, I can sow. I've got one talent. And therefore, it must be God's will in my life that I do a lot of little things, the small things, the inconsequential things. Oh, when in your life and mine, we have time to realize that these are the little things that mean so much to God, the small things, regardless of how small and infinitesimal they may be, regardless of how trivial, and no one notices them, that what we are saying to God, and no wonder God rejoiced, we're saying, God, I'm glad that uh, you don't want all of us to be chiefs. Some of us would be engines, too. You see, God knows uh, that in this life, in your life and mine, the great need is for little acts of mercy. What are the things that bug you and me? What are the things that may cause us to uh, lie awake at night? Aren't those things the little things that bother us more than big super colossal things? God knew this. And so God, again, he has made most of us just ordinary Christians in a congregation to do just ordinary, not super colossal, not breathtaking deeds, just little things of mercy and kindness. Oh, we're telling God, God, I'm satisfied that you didn't put me in the world for something tremendous, something that again is earth-shattering, but just to have this role to show mercy and kindness in little things, in little ways. Oh, God, up in Joppa that day he had Peter raised from the dead, just an ordinary woman. Oh, she was in the side of that congregation of the world. Tabitha. Tabitha, arise. Dorcas, just an ordinary woman with just ordinary, just run-of-the-mind deeds of mercy and kindness. She could sew and sew again as she made dresses and coats for the widows. We say to ourselves, oh, when we do that, when we realize that little things mean a lot, we say to ourselves, what good things do they tell God? Why they also tell God this, that we tell God, God, listen, I know that you can bring some very fine results out of the little things that I do. Scarcely did Dorcas realize that when she started to sew that she would be able to do as much. And we see it mostly, don't we, when she was lying there a corpse and when the widows were gathered around that bed and they cried because their hearts were broken. Little did Dorcas realize just how much good God had brought out of one talent that she had to be able to sew. Here were the widows, the poor. If you've ever been over there and I've been in Joppa, and it's a thrill to stand there on the shore of the Mediterranean and say, here's where that ordinary woman, Dorcas, here's where Tabitha lived. Again, what God did, that here were some of the poor widows, and God knows that widows are poverty-stricken in that area, to know that here was somebody, just a little thing, but they had clothes to put on their backs. They had a coat to put on because here was Dorcas. We're telling God, God, even though this thing in the eyes of the world may be so small and so minute, it may be so infinitesimal, so trivial, so insignificant, God, you can take these little things that we do, and oh, it's surprising what results can come. 
It means also we tell God uh, that we believe that God will take care of us. Just how wealthy Dorcas was, we don't know, but there's no indication that she had much money. But we do know this, that what she had, she shared. And here were poor people. They needed some clothes. And when they needed the Dorcas, she could sew. And she, she made outer coats and she made dresses for them. She shared because what? She was telling God, God, I thank you for Jesus Christ and I know that you'll be able to take care of me. It means in the little things in your life and mine. We are saying to God, God, I'm not afraid. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I can do these little things and I know that you're the one who has given me life. You will take care of me. You will provide for my wants. Is it any wonder that God is saying to you and me, listen, write it on your hearts. And Peter says, remember it every day that you live. That little things mean a lot. Don't ever underestimate the little things. Don't look down on the small deeds of mercy and kindness. God says, I raised an ordinary woman who did just ordinary deeds. I raised her from the dead. I want you to know little things mean more to me than you can ever realize. And it means that we're telling God this, that we know the reason why we are alive, even though tears may come. You know, the time comes... As some of you have said, I, some of you said to me when you lost your husbands, what to God that we could have gone together. I can appreciate that. One of you said not long ago, wouldn't it be beautiful if when husband dies, the wife could go with the husband? Wouldn't it be lovely? And you widows, you say to yourselves, why are we alive? What, what are we here for? Life is about over. Why couldn't God have taken us too? Here was a woman in this congregation, perhaps a widow, I don't know. But we may say when tears come and death comes, we stand alone, we may say, God, what? what's the purpose of my life? But when in your life and mine, there come little deeds of mercy and kindness, we are telling God, God, I know why I'm still alive. In my role, in my mission, in my reason for living, there are still some ordinary, trivial, small deeds of mercy and kindness that I can still do. And when we tell God that by our lives, it thrills his very soul. Little things mean a lot to God. Oh, they may not mean much in the world. They may not mean much to us, but God says, remember, write it on your hearts. I had Peter raise Dorcas from the dead. Little things, those little things that you hardly think are worth doing, oh, they mean so much to me. The will and the desire to fulfill our mission. No wonder God, again, oh, what a ray of sunshine when we read this story in the book of Acts that Luke tells us that over there in Joppa, there was a woman, just an ordinary, regular, common member of the Christian congregation. One little talent, but she used it. Little deeds of mercy and kindness. God says, it means a lot. I wonder if today as you and I look out on our world, when Peter says, write it on your hearts, begin every day. If we just begin every day and say, remember God said... Peter raised her from the dead, and Peter said, Tabitha, rise! That all these little things, they mean a lot. 
I hope in your life and mine from today on we will never downgrade, we will never underestimate the little deeds of mercy and kindness that you and I can do. To say to God, God, I'm just an ordinary member of the church, I can't do anything. I, I've got such few talents, I can't do anything. It means this, that if we're going to turn and tell God, God, I can't do anything, we're telling God, God, these little things don't mean anything. God, if you'd have just given me a lot of talent that I could have moved mountains, that I could have shattered the earth with deeds of kindness, but God would say to you and me this morning, remember the little deeds of mercy that you can do, do a lot more good than all the big things that you dream about doing that you'll never be able to do. And to will avoid the tragedy mean nothing but leaves. Remember when Jesus looked at the fig tree and all he saw were leaves, there were no figs. Oh, to escape the destiny and the horror of a life nothing but leaves because we didn't realize that little things, little deeds mean so much and we ought to begin every day and we ought to say this in our Christian life, no day is going to go by but what I'm going to do something. Some little deed, some little act of kindness, some little act of mercy. We ought to say to ourselves any day that goes by in my life when I fail to do something. It's a day that has been wasted. Then will come the joy of seeing the kingdom of God go. God raised an ordinary woman from the dead to have it up there in Joppa. But here again, what happened? We are told that they rejoiced and then we are told that the news went around Joppa and many came to faith in Jesus Christ. And as you and I look back from a period of nearly 2,000 years, we say this ordinary woman, when you go to Joppa, it's now called Jaffa, when you go there again, the seacoast town on the Mediterranean, you say, here's where, a, here's where an ordinary woman lived. Here's where Tabitha lived. How many Dorcas societies, how many sewing groups in Christian congregations have come into existence because an ordinary woman did some ordinary deeds of mercy and kindness? And oh, who knows how the kingdom of God has grown by little deeds of mercy. We ought to say to ourselves, no day is going to go by in my life, but what some way, somehow, I'm going to do something small as it may seem, insignificant, so trivial that it's hardly worth doing, but I'm going to do something in his name, bearing in mind that when he comes again, here's what he's going to look for. He's going to look for some of these real simple, down-to-earth deeds of mercy. To me, it's a thrill to know that Jesus says, when I come again, you know, when the great separation shall come, the sheep on the one hand and the goats on the other. Isn't it a thrill to know that Jesus is going to look at those and he isn't going to say, what great, super colossal, magnificent, astounding, earth-shattering deeds did you do? And Jesus says, he's going to look and he says, I'm going to say I was hungry. You gave me something to eat. That's an ordinary thing, isn't it? I was thirsty. You gave me a drink of water. I was naked, and you put some clothes on me. Oh, I was a stranger. I felt so God-forsaken, and you took me in. I was sick, and you took the time to show mercy, and you came to see me. I was in prison, and you, you came to visit me and to comfort me. When he comes again, How's he going to know you and me? 
upon that we can identify ourselves. He's going to look for some little deeds of mercy. You look out in the world today. You and I sometimes despair and we say, well, what does this world need? We may say, what can I do? Listen, we can all be Dorcases. What this world needs is a lot of little deeds of mercy. I don't know how you feel about Tom Eagleton. I'm rather sorry that he withdrew as a nominee for Vice President of the United States. The very fact that he'd had psychiatric care, or he'd had a deep psychotic problem, been a schizophrenic or something, I could understand. But haven't you ever been depressed? I have, haven't you? Depression comes to I wish he had stayed in. There was an opportunity. I don't think anybody would have said, I, I won't vote for him if you're going to vote that party. I won't vote for him because he was despondent one time. I think there was an opportunity for little deeds of mercy and kindness. If I were going to vote for him, I would never have hesitated because the man had had some psychiatric help. I think here was an opportunity for a world to show mercy and compassion, a little thing. Christ is going to look when he sees you and me. Uh, where, where are some of the little things? I, I, I'll know you, but what did you do? Oh, I think of some of the little things in my ministry. I remember one day in a barbershop. You may say, what do you do in a barbershop, preacher? But again, well, I was in a barbershop with a number of chairs, and I remember the barber was cutting my hair as we were talking, and the other barber, somehow, they began to, to joke with him. They began to razz him and to kid him. And I noticed that the barber that was working on me began to get taunted, and I noticed that it was bothering him. Well, what do you do in this case like that? I remember just whispering to him, and I said, listen, I said, you only kid the person you like. Don't forget that. You never kid the person you don't like. I said, they like you or they wouldn't be kidding you. That's all that was said. It was such a little thing. Several days later, he came to me and he said, I was ready to walk out that door. I was going out of that barbershop and I would have never come back in again. My heart was broken. But when you whispered to me, you only kid the person you like, he says, it, it changed my life. It was a, a little thing. I think in my ministry, little things. I think of the tubercular woman that I called on when again the lungs were losing out with pus. And she said to me one day, I'm glad to have you come because you're the only one who shakes hands with me and I know you're not afraid. And I said to her, how do you know when I shake hands with you I'm not afraid? Oh, I can tell it. You're not afraid. Oh, it's a little thing. But oh, when the Lord comes again, I hope he looks for the guy that had done something little that when I shook hands with him when he had tuberculosis, I wasn't afraid. Just before I left on vacation, I was out at the hospital, marrying General. I was a little late and I went to the elevators and there was an old lady standing there alone and seemingly in deep thought. It was rather late. There was very little elevator business. I punched the button and the door opened and I stepped in and I looked at her and I, I said, are you going up? Did you want to go up? And she brightened. She said, oh, could I ride along? She got in and she said to me, oh, I, I'm so afraid of elevators. Maybe some of you are too. I'm so afraid of elevators. And I was going to the second floor. I said, where are you going? She said, the fourth floor. And we, I said, we'll go up to the fourth floor and I opened the door and let her out. And she looked back and smiled and said, thank you. 
You couldn't mention anything more inconsequential than that, could you? But I know this. God smiles. When the Lord comes to see whether there's any living faith, I hope he can say, where's the guy that took a woman that was afraid up to the fourth floor? That was I. Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Listen, could we begin each day by saying little things mean a lot? Walk the glory road. Oh, something today for Christ. Just something, some little insignificant thing. Something for Christ, some soul to win. From again the bonds of death and the threats of sin. Some heart to cheer, some fear to quell. Oh, may each day some blessing to hell. Sweet shall the service be. Sweet shall the service be. Little things, oh, they mean a lot. Because up in Joppa, nearly 2,000 years ago, God raised a little ordinary woman who did just little ordinary insignificant things. Her name was Tabitha. Her name was Dorcas. Amen. The peace of God, which passeth all human understanding, keeping unites your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Mm-hmm.